Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Jesus Christ came to earth as a baby, lived a sinless life, shared the good news of salvation, and became the spotless, sacrificial lamb. He died on the cross to save you. In today's update, Pastor J.D. reminds us that Jesus paid it all. You owe nothing. When you believe in Him as Lord, you're saved for all eternity. Period. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 12, 2021. They're having a really hard time with it. And Jesus is trying to reassure them concerning him leaving, because basically what he says to them is, instead of having God with you, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, so God will be in you. So the question is, would you rather have God with you, or God in you? I'll take both, by the way. Is that greedy? Well, we do have both. It's actually even more. There's actually three. God's alongside of us, with us, para. God, the Holy Spirit, indwells us in, and God is poured out upon us, epi, to overflowing, so that our lives become torrents of living water. Those three pronouns in the original language describing the work of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is trying to encourage them, listen, I I have to go, by the way, you want me to go. Because if I don't go, I can't send you the Holy Spirit to indwell you. And believe you me, you want the Holy Spirit indwelling you, but I have to go. And by the way, I'm coming back. (laughs) I'm going because I'm going to go prepare a place for you in my Father's house. And so he says to them, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Now why would Jesus say that? Because their hearts were troubled. Whenever you read in the Scriptures, be not afraid. Why do you read that in the Scriptures? Because they were afraid. Why does Jesus say, let not your heart be troubled? Because their hearts were troubled. They were in deep distress. They didn't want Him to go. He says, no, you need me to go. I know you don't want me to go but you need me to go. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you 
to myself that where I am, there in the Father's house, there you may be also, and where I go you know, and the way you know. No way. Way. <laughs> and you know the way. I know that's a play on words, but I think you get the point. You know what Jesus is doing here? He's speaking to them about the rapture. Now, come on, pastor. How do you get the rapture out of that? Because this is a bridegroom speaking to his bride, to whom he has just been betrothed. They're going to get married, now they're engaged. And what does the bridegroom do? He goes to his father's house and he constructs a room addition, a bridal chamber. And then the bridegroom will come at an hour that no man knows. It was really hard when it came to wedding invitations. Date, don't know. Hour, don't know. No man knows. But when he was completed, and the father would say, okay, go get your bride. Go abduct your bride as a thief in the night. The best man would sh sound the shofar, the trumpet, announcing, the bridegroom is coming, the bridegroom is coming. And the bride, oh get this, always had to be ready for when her bridegroom came. They have found in these archaeological finds that they would have these mats in the Galilee region that when the bridegroom would come, they would lift up the bride off the ground in the air to meet her bridegroom. That's the rapture. <laughs> because see, Jesus doesn't come to earth. That's the second coming. It's been said that at the rapture, Jesus comes for us. At the second coming, Jesus comes with us. So the, here comes the bridegroom, trumpet sounds. They take and they lift up into the air the bride to meet her groom in the air. I mean chicken skin or what? And he takes her, abducts her, catches her away, takes her away to that place he prepared. And, oh, by the way, they would have known what he was talking about. Oh, he's talking like a bridegroom. That's the point. I'm going to come back for you. We are now betrothed. We're going to be wed. I'm going to go prepare our bridal chamber where in that tradition, in that day, they would celebrate and consummate their marriage for a period of seven. And then after the seven days of celebrating in that bridal chamber and consummating in that bridal chamber, they would emerge from that bridal chamber at the end of the seven, the number of completion, and they would have a huge feast, and I mean huge. Oh, I think you know this is referring to the wedding feast of the Lamb, which by the way brings me great hope and comfort, because that means there's food in heaven. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. 
You know, every time we partake together of communion, Luke's gospel records that no less than two times Jesus says, I eagerly await, fervently desire, because this is the last time we're going to be doing this together. Here, the next time we do this, it's going to be when it finds its fulfillment in my kingdom. That's the wedding feast of the Lamb. Try to wrap your mind around that. We're going to be seated as His bride by His side at this wedding feast after having celebrated for a period of seven. One aptly said it like this, while the world is tribulating, we are celebrating. I'll take the celebrating. Thank you very much. You know what's sad to me? This isn't in my notes either, so just bear with me. How many Christians don't know this, don't live their lives for this? No wonder they're in such fear and turmoil and despair, unnecessarily, needlessly, needlessly, needlessly. This is our blessed hope. This is our only hope. We have in the Bible these prophecies that tell us what the world's going to look like at the time of the end, and I think you would agree with me that as you look around at the world, it's exactly like we're told. I mean, down to the words that will be used, as we just read. All the nations, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let the enemy get away with that. He's given you a sound mind. You know, you have a God-given intellect. I don't know what it is about Christians that we think that we have to assassinate our God-given intellect when we come to Christ. Our faith is, is an intelligent faith. God's given us a sound mind. He's given us an intellect. Well, I say it every week, but... I'll say it again this week, although there's coming a week where I will not say it, because I won't be here to say it. You better not be here either. But now, like never before, is the time. We must, 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 as many as we can, as fast as we can, get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Time's running out. This is why we do these updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we do the ABCs of salvation, which is just a simple childlike explanation of salvation. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, says the gospel is that Jesus came, He died, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day. The very first time he writes about the Gospels to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians. And he says the Gospel is that Jesus was crucified, buried, rose again on the third day, and is coming back again one day. That's the good news, the Gospel of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. What are the ABCs? Again, just a very simple template, for lack of a better word, that we can use to share the gospel with people. And it's so simple. It's actually simpler than ABC. It's actually just as simple as B. 
Just believe. There is nothing we have to do. He did it. It's done. We're saved by grace, through faith, not of works. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. There's nothing you and I can do to merit salvation, to earn salvation. It's already been done. See, that's what legalism says. Legalism says, do, do, do. Grace says, done, done, done. It is finished. And that's the good news. Well, the A is for admit or acknowledge that you are a sinner, because unless and until you do, why would you be interested in the Savior if you're not a sinner? Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all, and I want you to hang on to that word all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must all be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. Now Romans 6.23 is really key because it starts with the bad news first. And then once the bad news is given, then the good news is given. What's the bad news? Well, sin carries with it a penalty. And that penalty is the death penalty, because the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. We've all broken God's law. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark of His perfect standard of righteousness. So we've all sinned. We've all transgressed. Now we have to enter the sentencing phase, and it's the death sentence, and that's the bad news. But then here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This time of year we give people gifts, right? What do you do when you get a gift? Besides re-gift, what do you do when you get a gift? <laughs> You receive it, right? And you don't try to pay for it, because if you pay for it now, it's no longer a gift, it's a purchase. He already purchased the price. We are pur purchased by Him. He purchased us. And He paid in full with His blood shed in our stead. What price did He pay? Oh, He paid with His death in my stead. So it's finished. The debt's been paid. You've been sentenced to death. I'll take care of it for you. I got you covered. I'll go to my death in your place. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. Good news. You're free to go. Your debt has been paid. That's what the word gospel means. Well, the A leads to the B, which is central. Again, so simple. Believe in your heart. Just believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then this brings one to the sea. This is the expression of that comes out when one believes in the Lord. 
you call upon the name of the Lord, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, and pull that word all back out of your hip pocket. All have sinned. So all who call upon the name of the Lord will, will, will be saved. The jury's not out. The verdict is in. You're justified. It's justified, never sinned, because that sin has been paid for. And your debt, it's stamped in His blood, paid in full. Good news. Your debt's paid. You have no outstanding debt. You're free to go. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. If you'll just give me a couple more minutes, I want to share with you a but God testimony. He writes, Hello Pastor J.D., just another but God story for your archives, but this one I really like for obvious reasons. For the last 11 years I have worked as an electrician at a large hospital in central Massachusetts. I figured it was only a matter of time, the handwriting on the wall, (laughs) before I can run no more and have to decide between the job and my job. This has been very worrisome, as both my wife and I worked in the healthcare setting, and the thought of losing both of our incomes is not a pleasant one. She works as an RN in a long-term facility and got an exemption. I not so. Exemption denied. When I came to the conclusion that I would have to make a decision. I'm ashamed to admit, I actually thought about it for maybe about five minutes, but I came back to my senses pretty soon thereafter. I decided to take some time off and use some saved vacation time before I was axed, and that's where things got really interesting. I unexpectedly received a call from a vocational school principal, and he was interested in interviewing me as an electrical instructor for freshman and sophomore high school students. More details as to how he got my name and number at the end. After speaking with him, he assured me he'd never require the jab and felt it was a personal decision. Hopefully the state doesn't intervene. Just don't move to Hawaii. He walked me around and we had a chance to speak and he asked me if it was something I was interested in and I tried to keep a straight face, but in my head I'm thinking, hmm, seven hour work days, a larger salary than the hospital, vacations every time the students have one, which is like all the time, (laughs) no more driving to work on snowy days, this is Massachusetts, And oh yeah, only work 183 days a year, summer's off. Ha ha, Satan, nice try, but God. (laughs) 
I love it when God does that. It gets better. The kicker of the whole story is, the person that referred me is a man that I was working with at the hospital, that I was able to bring to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He had left the hospital two months prior to teach heating, ventilation, and air conditioning at the school, and had thought of me when the electrical position had become open. You see, the hospital had thought, I went there to keep the lights on, but the truth is my real interest was to bring Jesus and the gospel to anyone who would listen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. They jokingly referred to me as the hospital pastor, but I wore that badge with honor. And the truth is, I just wanted to get as many people to the saving knowledge of Jesus as possible. And by the way, let me parenthetically say, God honors that. I hope this story brings a smile to your face. It absolutely did, and countless others. We're almost there. (laughs) I believe that. By the way, Before the Wrath, that's that documentary, about the rapture, has been an excellent tool to use to teach unbelievers about the gospel and the purpose of life and why we're here and the urgency for which they live. Amen. Thank you for all you do. God bless, Jamie. Loving Heavenly Father, we're, I don't know the word, but for lack of a better one, we're we're just kind of stunned, really, by the accuracy of Bible prophecy. I mean, we're watching it with precision accuracy take place exactly as you said it would prior to that time when you would come to take us out of this world. And Lord, we truly believe with all of our hearts that the proverbial handwriting is on the wall. And now it's just a matter of time. It is imminent. And so, Lord, I pray if there's anyone that is not ready for you and needs to get right with you, I pray that today, today, would be the day of their salvation, that they would not delay the most important decision of their life for eternal life. And one last prayer, Lord, and I was once again reminded of how so many are just so hurting right now. And so, Lord, I pray for anyone that's just really struggling and hurting and even fearful, that you would settle their hearts, that you would comfort them by the Holy Spirit, that you would just fill them afresh with the Holy Spirit, baptize them anew, encourage and strengthen their hearts, And just remind them, not much longer, not much longer. Hold on, as you wrote to the Church of Philadelphia, just hold on, not much longer. I'm coming. I'm coming quickly. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.